Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm Abby Banks, and this is episode number seven. Today's episode is brought to you by my Themes of Geography Assignment and Project Bundle. This bundle goes along well with my ultimate YouTube playlist for World Geography, which you might have grabbed in my members library. You can use these projects with a geography encyclopedia for a standalone course or unit study with your older elementary kids or middle schoolers. You can find links to this uh, product plus the show notes for today's episode at 41more.com forward slash seven. Welcome to episode seven of the Homeschool with Moxie podcast. Today's episode is a book review of Tony Wagner and Ted Dintersmith's book, Most Likely to Succeed, Preparing Our Kids for the Innovation Era. This is a great book for homeschool parents to read because what it does is it confirms in your mind the things you were already thinking about the traditional school system. It doesn't need an overhaul and it doesn't need more money and it doesn't need reformed. It's really obsolete. And this book confirmed this again in my mind. But it could sound really bad and negative if you weren't homeschooling. But honestly, I was so excited when reading this book because it gave me a new vision for why homeschooling is great for the 21st century and the kind of benefits that it's going to give my kids. Because I'm, they're not stuck in the broken system. We don't have to do school the way it's always been done. And this book gives you some of the vision and passion for seeing homeschooling in a new light. It's not written for homeschool parents at all. It's really written for educators to help them realize that the system needs overhauled or even in their schools to be able to do things in innovative ways. But I took it as a homeschool mom and I thought this is a great encouragement for every family out there who knows that their kids need more than just facts. Our kids need to be prepped for this new era. This, in, this era is not filled with factories and industry anymore. We're, we're into innovation, entrepreneurship, tech. I mean, there are so many opportunities for our kids if they can get a stellar education at home, which they can. So let me give you a short recap of how we've gotten to this point in our, in our educational history. And then let me give you four takeaways that I found as a homeschool mom that gives me a lot of hope for my kids' future. Here we go. So the book, Most Likely to Succeed, really gave a great overview of the history behind our current education system. And you may or may not know some of these facts. It went into lots of detail, which I won't do here. But our current education system really was innovative for its day. Back in 1893, when the original group of people were discussing the kind of system that needed to be standardized around the nation, 
They were looking to move our economy from an agriculture economy to an industry-based, manufacturing-based economy. And they really were ahead of their their time. They really did have vision. And this system that we have today, 100 years ago, was top-notch. It really did work. I mean, we won the world wars. We were, we, we became like the most prosperous nation on the earth. So there's no doubt that for its time, this educational system worked well. You needed cogs in the wheel of a manufacturing and industry kind of, um, economy. And our school system was really good at preparing people for those kind of jobs. But now we need to move from manufacturing to innovation. We don't need people just to jump through hoops and to do what they're told. We actually need people with um, entrepreneurship and some initiative and ability to problem solve and to do all these kind of new tasks, which are really not encouraged in our current educational system. You might be familiar with a report from 1983 uh, titled A Nation at Risk. And what that report said was that if our educational system had been imposed on us by a foreign country, we would have considered it an act of war. And that was back in 1983. And we've still gone decades past then without without actually um, asking the right questions to figure out what is wrong with our system. We just assume the system's okay and just needs tweak, just needs more money. But really, the whole system is obsolete. It's not even relevant to life. Kids spend so much time prepping for tests when the only time they're going to need these skills are in school. So this book, Most Likely to Succeed, which I will link to in the show notes over at 411more.com forward slash seven, give a great history overview of how we have gotten ourselves in this current system. And it outlines a lot of the... um, situations that are not good for preparing our kids for this next century and what's going to be required of them to be able to be successful in the new economy. But like I said, as a homeschool mom, this book gave me great hope because homeschooling is, I think, the one place where we have the freedom to not uh, conform to the system. We still have to make sure we're fulfilling requirements and all those kind of things. Um, If you live in a state that has that has a lot of oversight, which I personally do, you got to be um, aware of that. But at the same time, I think we can really craft an educational experience for our kids. It's going to set them above their peers who are stuck in the system. So let me share with you today four takeaways that I think should be really encouraging to homeschool parents everywhere. And here they are. Number one is mastery learning. Now, when kids are in a school setting... They really are taught and tested about a topic at a very low-level content um, way because it has to be something that's easy to test, and they all need to stay at the same uh, speed and same pace. You can't have kids going ahead. You can't have kids falling behind. We really need to stay at the same pace. And you know from being in this system how frustrating it can be. You also know that this is not the way we learn learning low-level content, learning facts. Um, you know, in the in 100 years ago, information was really valuable. Pre-internet, there was a knowledge scarcity. You did need to go to school to learn all these facts because the more you knew, you were more valuable in, this, in society. But now everyone has a smartphone 
And you don't necessarily just need to know low-level facts. You actually need to know how to use these facts. So the best way to learn is the mastery approach, to actually learn by doing and to to master a concept, hands-on, master it, really see how it works in the real world, and then build from there. This is where homeschooling is wonderful because your child does not have to be told, okay, you're in third grade, you have to do third grade level whatever, third grade level math. If they need to be at a second grade level to get mastery, you can do that without fear of like looking like a failure or without fear of falling behind. What if your child is technically third grade, but they're at a fourth grade level in math? That's fine. You can actually work at the level that they need, gain mastery, and build from there. There is no falling behind when you're homeschooling. So this is a super, super encouraging part that our kids do not need to just be bored to tears uh, memorizing low-level content they can actually learn by doing. The book, Most Likely to Succeed, gave a great example of this. Imagine if you learn to ride a bike the way that traditional schools teach any kind of content. They would sit you down and you would get lectures and worksheets and all sorts of very low-level, boring uh, instruction on how to ride a bike. And you might learn the history of bikes and you might have to fill out a diagram of a bike and you'd have to learn how it worked and it would be just be so boring. Well, why don't we just learn by doing it? You know how you learned how to ride a bike. You got on it. Someone that was smarter than you, probably your parents or an older sibling, helped you learn how to ride the bike. And you failed and you fell down, but they taught you to get back up and you kept trying. Well, if you didn't ride a bike all winter long because there was snow in your area of the country, but you got your bike out again in the spring, did you forget how to ride your bike? No, because you had mastered that skill. And as soon as you got back on, you remembered how to do it, and you were fine. Well, what do kids do every September when they come back to school? They seriously cannot remember things that they just learned in the spring. Why? Because we're not teaching in the right way. We are learning such low-level content that as soon as the test is over, we forget it. Is this the kind of education we want for our kids? Definitely not. But when you homeschool, you can really be able to connect with your kids are learning to the real world, give them opportunities for mastery learning and scaffolding that as soon as they've learned something you can build on it. And there can be a whole lot more potential for the kids in our homeschools. So the first point that I think is so exciting about the way that we can prepare our kids for the future is that we can help our kids learn by doing. It's a really poor argument that says it's how we've always done it. We need to keep the status quo. I think we need to buck against that status quo and do what is best. So mastery learning is an awesome reason to homeschool. The second point that I got from this book that encouraged me as a homeschool mom is that we have the opportunity to prep our kids for life, not tests. Most of us know just by hearing the news, even if our kids aren't in the system, that the amount of time schools spend getting kids ready for standardized tests is just it nauseating when you hear hear the numbers. Uh, the book mentioned that our country spends in K through 12 spends a trillion dollars a year and a billion hours on K through 12 education each year. And these kids are not being prepared for life. They're really being prepared for the test. And the test is only good for the for school. It's not good for real life. 
And they're, they're not even getting to other important aspects of education because they're so busy prepping for the tests. What kind of things do our kids need to learn that are not testable? Well, how about creativity or problem solving? How about character qualities like initiative or learning how to fail but keep going after you fail? There are so many things that can't be measured by a standardized test. The book gives some great examples, a story of a board member of a school district who, to make a point, took a standardized test that was made for 10th graders, and he was a successful businessman. He was very educated. He had graduate degrees, and yet he failed the standardized test that his district was giving 10th graders. So there are just so many reasons to pause when you hear stories like that. The whole testing behemoth has a long history, and this book goes into that. I won't bore you with the details, but it's it's fascinating to see, basically follow the money, see where the money is, and see why if we got rid of all these standardized tests, there'd be some big companies that wouldn't be too happy about it. But as homeschoolers, yes, follow the law. Take the standardized test if, you're, if your state requires it. But when we homeschool, we are able to actually set life goals for our kids along with subject goals, sure. But we can prepare our kids for life. Maybe they don't need to memorize a whole bunch of names and dates and places that are just going to bore them to tears, but maybe they can interact with those subjects in a way that is interesting and it, and it invigorates them. Kids are born with natural curiosity. They love to learn, but our educational system, the way it is now, it just just schools that curiosity and love of learning right out of them. So I am super hopeful and super excited that as we homeschool, we don't have to squelch the love of learning in our kids. We can encourage it and we can prepare them for life, not just for the test. So that's reason number two. The third reason why homeschoolers should be encouraged in this new age of innovation is that we have the doors wide open to be able to give our kids the kind of education and communication, writing, and reading that is absolutely essential for the future. Most people graduating from high schools are not able to communicate on a high level and write on a high level and communicate their thoughts well. And this has been documented in the book, most likely to succeed. One of the things that really um, got my attention, because I've I've talked about this on uh, the podcast number four with homeschool reading strategies, and it's been really important in our homeschool, is the whole push for what our kids read. When I felt tied down to a reading curriculum, my kids really hated it. Well, if you have attended a public school or your kids had attended a public school previously, you know that most uh, classes are reading the same books and kids don't even get to read books they love. On page 117 of the book, Most Likely to Succeed, they say another byproduct of the standardized curriculum on our English students is the push for all students to read the same books. And why is that? Making it possible to test kids nationally on particular works. Today, when kids have ready access to an enormous range of written material, we should encourage them to become great readers by devouring everything they can that's aligned with their passion, whether it's nature, sports, or Harry Potter. But if you're designing tests, there's no way to standardize based on students reading mostly what interests them. Once again, the education model revolves around what makes life easy for test designers, not what's best for kids. End quote. 
And so I really love our freedom to be able to have kids do real life writing, real life reading, get into their passions and really explore those. Um, In the book on page 141, as one of the um, benchmarks for the formative years of what we really should be striving for, they mentioned that kids will need to be good at public speaking, making a video, writing a blog, and cultivating a following, and using communication to achieve a range of objectives. I love the opportunities homeschool provides to have real-life opportunities to do all these things. Your kids could be having a lot of instruction in writing and with one-on-one feedback from you that they would never get in a classroom. My older boys are also working on some projects related to podcasting and might be starting a podcast soon. Your children, if they like to write, could start a blog. There are so many opportunities for our kids when we are at home. We have the freedom to set up the curriculum the way we want. So this is point number three. I think homeschoolers have a wonderful opportunity in the areas of writing, reading, and communication that kids in public school just aren't going to get. And the fourth reason I have a lot of hope for homeschooled students in this new innovation era is the fact that we have an opportunity to have our kids be engaged and active participants in their learning rather than passive students. You know as well as I do that the traditional model really relies on passivity in the students. The teacher's busy lecturing, the teacher's doing all the thinking through of how things are related so that she can communicate that to the class, but... The kids are really not having to do a whole lot of work as far as active, engaged work. On page 199 of the book, they mention, an adolescent doesn't learn by listening. To really learn, a student needs to be constantly thinking, articulating points of view, and responding to and asking great questions. We actually lose 70% of what we've heard or read in our short-term memory. Like we don't remember it very long. 70%, if we're losing 70% of that short-term memory capability, we're not gaining and remembering and retaining a whole lot of our schooling, are we? Um, Pre-internet, like I said, in the 19th century, there was a knowledge scarcity. So we, school was really based on listening to the teacher give you all the facts that you needed to know because there was no easy way to look up that information. But in today's world, we need to be pushing our kids further past that. There's not a knowledge scarcity, but now we are, our innovation is taking us so far so fast, we've got to keep up with it. And to do that, we need kids and students that are actively engaged, that are problem solvers, that are good communicators, that are creative thinkers. And these kind of things are best learned when you are active in your learning. My homeschooled high schoolers are very active in their learning. They know how to take initiative to get a project done because they're not passively sitting in a classroom waiting for the teacher to tell them what to do next. And honestly, I have turned, I'm not a teacher for my homeschooled high schoolers. I'm more of a mentor or a coach. I organize and structure out their year, but it's up to them to interact with the material, to take the notes, to read, to do the experiments, to work on the project, to synthesize, to to assimilate, to understand, to talk through what they're learning with me. All these things keep them on the active end of the learning spectrum, and I think they're going to be much better for it. They're not sitting passively in a classroom all day. They're taking initiative for their education, and this is a great benefit of homeschooling. 
If you've got lots of little ones, you might think that it will always be so intensive on mom. But as the kids get older, you're getting them toward that more independence and they're taking responsibility for their learning. And it's the best thing ever to see your older kids take that kind of responsibility. So that's point number four. Our kids are able to be active participants, not just passive students in that lecture model. So these are some of the reasons why I think you can be really encouraged to be homeschooling in the 21st century. The system is obsolete. This is not the teacher's fault. I am a former public school teacher. I was doing it because I love teaching and I love my students and there was, there's no fault in the teachers. The system is broken and we need to be addressing it as a culture. But at the same time, as we are parents and we have our own children and we've decided to homeschool, you can rest assured that this homeschooling model with the freedom it allows you to have your kids love to learn and not to squelch that natural curiosity out of them. This is a great choice for many, many families. So it's not the teacher's fault. The system is obsolete for a new century, and we need to be actively educating our kids in a different way because the world is changing. So I think you can be encouraged. Take heart. We have great opportunities to help our kids do mastery learning, learning at a high level. They can prep for life and not tests. We can have them read what they love, learn to write in the real world, and take on some initiative with projects and communication. And our kids can be active learners, not just passive listeners in the education process. So check out the show notes at 41more.com forward slash seven. Check out this book. I think you would love to read it. There's so much information, so much, um, so many statistics in here and some studies and case studies that I think it'll encourage any homeschool parent who might be sitting on the fence or not sure if it's a great choice for their kids, pass it on to a relative who's giving you a little trouble about your homeschooling choice. And there you have it. So check out the show notes at 41more.com forward slash seven. Thanks for joining me for today's episode and happy homeschooling.